All right. Okay, so what you have before you is your, um, your red booklet, your red little um, folder. And inside your folder, I would put in the pocket that says the commitment to serve as, an, as a sponsor, I would put your, um, your calendar. So you can have an updated calendar of every time we're gonna meet and so on. Um, I do need this commitment to serve as a sponsor from your sponsor. You're, we're gonna go over the, the expectations of a sponsor um, tonight, today. Um, but it is really important that folks know that this really is a, it is a, um, a position in the church and the church depends on sponsors to really act in this way. You don't have to know your sponsor. It's wonderful when you know your sponsor, when you're married to your sponsor, um, when you're engaged to your sponsor, um, or you're a good friend of your sponsor, but you don't have to even know your sponsor because your sponsor is really a, represent, a representative of the church. And so I can appoint a sponsor to you. So if you're, you're struggling with finding a sponsor, I'm happy to help you with that. Um, and so we need them to actually read these requirements and then fill it out and then sign it. On the back is actually supposed to be an emergency contact. So if you don't have a back of your commitment to serve as a sponsor, I need you to write in there an emergency contact for you as the, the confirmande. The one that's going to be confirmed, I need an emergency contact, I need a name, a number, and an email. And that's for when you're here for the retreat. If anything should happen, I know somebody that I could contact about that. So, um, so I need this back. And then on the front, it says name of adult confirmande. That's you who's going to be receiving confirmation. And then your sponsor's name will be down here. And then I need your emergency contact on the back. Okay. And so I need that um, all filled out and given to me. Um, actually, today would be great. Um, that's why I invited the sponsors to come today as well, um, so that they could hear actually what their really requirements are. And so if your sponsor can't be here today, you can pass that on to them, as well as give them the guide to sponsors. I gave you mine. Can I have it back? I didn't turn it on. Sure, you can come up after class, and I'll give it back to you, and then you can fill that out. That'd be great. I probably have it in with your information, because if you sent it with an email, then I know who it's from. No, so. I probably, I probably filed it then, so. Okay, we'll look at that after class, okay? Um, the other thing that I just wanted to review was actually the, um, the actual schedule as well. Um, schedule's very important, and I, you know, again, we're, we're meeting so few times that I really don't like to give anybody an okay for absence um, at all. And so, um, but we also have a, a parallel process going on at this time which is RCIA, and so it happens on Wednesday night. So if you do miss a class, you're gonna, you're gonna need to make it up in some way um, through that. And so, um, so please um, look at these, put these in your calendar and make them a priority, okay? There's also an adult confirmation retreat, which is mandatory. And so, um, so please, it's on a Saturday, it's December 7th, and it's here at St. Michael. It's not overnight, it's just for one day. That's the extra $5 that you're donating to the church is really to cover a meal, which it won't cover, but it'll help us to cover it. I don't know if, if wherever you go to church or if you go to church here at St. Michael, donations are down about 19% throughout the world as it relates to the church. Um, and so, um, so we're really struggling. Um, and, and I love to be able to you know, hold adult confirmation classes for anybody who needs it. I don't care if they're parishioners at St. Michael or somewhere else, we're happy to do that, but it costs money to do that. And so, 
Um, just a reminder to you, you know, what the church does is not charity. We actually have to pay for paper and for materials and my salary and all those kinds of things. So, um, so when people, you know, stop giving to the church, they stop giving to the ministries that actually serve them. And so just a good reminder um, of that. Um, in terms of the schedule itself, we meet on Sundays, 1230 to 2. So please be here at like 1225. Go to the 11 o'clock mass because I assume if you are interested in confirmation, you're going to mass, right? Um, you're baptized Catholics that are, have, are receiving First Holy Communion um, and you're, you're interested in being confirmed, which is completing your baptismal grace. Go to the 11 o'clock mass, then you can take your time getting over here afterwards and have a donut and a cup of coffee and you're here on time and you're full of grace from the Eucharist and you're ready to receive um, all of the um, teaching that the Lord wants you to have, okay? Um, so today we're gonna do an intro to adult confirmation. I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. I'm gonna cover that more fully on November 3rd, um, but um, today I wanna talk about sponsorship, the process itself, which I'm doing now, and then we're gonna open up with the story of salvation history. You know, I always tell everybody that I teach, you know, I was a nurse for 21 years. That was my real, that was my real career, if you want. And then um, I practiced for about 21 years and I underwent a very significant conversion, reversion, if you will. Um, never missed mass, but I had no idea what mass was all about. I had no idea who the Lord was. And so I, I really experienced a very serious and significant conversion in my own life and kind of came back full of vigor um, back to the Catholic Church. And, um, and I ended up getting three advanced degrees in, in theology and, um, and the Lord then called me to teach. So I teach at University of St. Thomas and I teach here. I never left nursing. I feel like now I'm working on the other half of our, our persons, right? <laughs> the soul. And so, um, so anyway, and um, I'm also a fertility care practitioner, so I still, I still do a little bit of biological stuff. Um, but anyway, um, I never heard the story in completion. Like, what is our story? What is the history of Christ coming? Like, how did that come to be? And so, so I, I want to make sure, whenever I teach a class like this, I want to make sure that you know the story, and because you're part of it. It's his story, it's his story, but you're part of it. You're part of the story. Um, and so we have to make our decisions for the Lord or, or away from the Lord every day that we live. And so what is, you know, what's your decision? What's your, where are you moving? And just by being here, I know you're, you want to move towards the Lord. And so um, it's my opportunity to, um, to help you to see where you fit into that. Um, next week, we're going to have um, the creed. The creed we profess every Sunday, right, after the homily. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. Um, and so the, the creed really consists of three articles, um, and those three articles are the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, and out of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit comes the church, comes Mary, comes the saints, comes the sacraments, comes everything that we believe. And so, um, so Mark McNeil is going to come. He's actually a wonderful teacher from Straight Jesuit, and he's going to present to us really the Trinity. He's going to talk about the three articles of, of the creed. But he's also going to talk, um, you know, in general about this statement of faith. And so what does it mean that I say that? You know, when you say that, you are saying you believe in one holy, Catholic, apostolic church. So what does it mean that you believe in something? Today, the, the gospels on faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. You know, but your faith has to be lived out. 
You say you believe that, but do you go to Mass on Sunday? You say you believe in that, but do you receive the sacrament of confession on a regular basis? You say you believe that, but are you living out the moral teachings of the church? You say you believe that, but do you think about the saints that are praying for you up in heaven? You know what I mean? I mean, what does that mean? It needs to have meaning for us, right? And so this is what I want to awaken in you again, because you have it from your baptism. You've been, you've been you're, you're a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so the Holy Spirit wants to pour out his gifts in you, which is what the Sacrament of Confirmation is all about. Okay? So that'll be the faith and the creed. Now, uh, next to each of the, the topics we're covering are page numbers. And those are page numbers in the catechism that I'd really like you to read prior to coming to class. Because that'll really prepare you for what you're going to hear. The, um, the lecture will, will um, expand on that and then be open to, to questions as well. On October um, 20th, we're going to talk about Jesus Christ, the Incarnation. Um, why do we need a Redeemer? You know, what's that all about? Who is Christ? Why do we believe that he's the Son of God? And what does that even mean? What does that mean for our lives? Tom Harmon is one of the University of St. Thomas um, professors, good friend of mine. He teaches a lot um, for me through RCIA and Adult Confirmation. And so um, he's great. You'll enjoy him. And those are the pages that you should read in the catechism as well. If you have a different catechism at home, like if you have the small white one, if sponsors have like a small white one or a green one, or um, the red one we're really actually not using is the United States Catholic um, Catechism, um, the United States Catholic Catechism. But so we're not using that one. But if you're using another edition of this catechism, I can tell you the paragraphs. So if you want to email me what are the paragraph numbers, then they'll, they will correspond even though they look very different than this catechism. Um, October 27th, we're unpacking more of the creed. We're going to talk about what is the church, who is Mary, what's the mass all about. Kind of walk through that um, and talk about those things. And I'm going, to be, I'm going to be able to talk to you on that day. And then Father Leon's going to come and talk to you on November 3rd on the sacraments of initiation. Sacraments of initiation are what? Does anybody know what the three sacraments of initiation are? What's the first one? Baptism. Baptism. What's the second one? Communion. Eucharist. And what's the third one? Confirmation. 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 Yeah, so this is the one you're, you're kind of, this is, these are the, think about what that says. That says the sacraments of initiation. So you are not fully initiated in the church right now. And you're all adults. So this is important. Until you are confirmed, you're not fully initiated in the Catholic Church. So what does that also tell you? This is not the end. This is the beginning, right? This is the beginning of a new life in Christ. And so your, your baptismal graces are going to be completed. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are going to be present and being poured out in you as a result of this. And your free engagement in it and response to the gift of grace. Um, and so, um, so this is just, just the beginning, the sacraments of initiation. Um, and then November 10th, um, Marriage and Holy Orders, John Barry, who's one of our diaconate candidates, is going to be talking about that. And then on November 17th, I'm going to again talk about the moral life and the sacraments of healing. Um, what are the sacraments of healing? Anybody remember the two sacraments of healing? Confession, very good, Jenny. I'm very impressed that because a lot of people don't think of reconciliation or confession as being a sacrament of healing, but of course it is. It's why Christ came to reconcile us back to the Father. That's what it's a it's a it's a sacrament of healing. And then what's the other one? What do we do for those who are sick? 
Yeah, anointing of the sick, right? So, so those are two beautiful sacraments. We're going to focus more on the sacrament of confession because that's really the ongoing sacrament that we need in our lives after baptism. Baptism washes away original sin and all personal sin. If we get baptized as adults, babies don't have personal sin. Um, but, um, but after that, what do we do when we fall? We, we need to go to the Lord, right? And beg for his mercy. And that's the beautiful sacrament of confession, um, which many of you probably haven't been to in a long time. And we're gonna prepare you for that because you need to go to the sacrament of confession before you receive another sacrament. In fact, the church asks you to go to the sacrament of confession at least once a year. And so we really wanna, wanna get you back in that mode of practicing your faith of embracing this life of grace that Christ wants for you. It's the only way that you're gonna be able to be powerful enough to love the way you wanna love in your life. That's what this is all about. It's the, the new law is not a law written on stone. It's a wrong law written in our hearts. And it's a law of love. That's what this new law is. And it, it, see, that's what sin does. Sin, sin prevents us from loving well. Sin makes us stupid and selfish. And, and so we can't give ourselves. And that's the whole purpose of our life. We all want to give ourselves to another, to a, to a cause, to something good. And so sin keeps us from doing that. And that, I think we sometimes we look at sin as, well, but sin is kind of fun. Like, you know, it lets me, you know, kind of meet my needs or do, do what I want to do when I want to do it. Um, but it actually dehumanizes you. It keeps you from being who you're meant to be in Christ. And so that's what I want to remind you of. Um, we're going to have a, um, a seminarian who's studying to be a priest with us throughout the, this whole process. And he, his name is Alejandro um, Garcia, and he is going to um, help me teach that class. So he's going to teach the sacraments of healing that day. Then December 7th is our adult confirmation retreat. Um, it's just a half a day, and it's a day where we really come together um, to pray, but also to kind of hear some stories of people who have done what you're doing now as an adult and kind of tell you how to kind of stay connected with the church and how important it is um, to keep this process that you've started, again, at this point, going strongly. Um, we're also going to have the opportunity for confession on that day. Um, and I'll have a couple of different priests here in order to, um, to hear your confession. And we will probably have lunch or breakfast together. I haven't decided yet. Um, and so, um, so that'll be a, that'll be a great day, um, in which we'll be together. Questions about the process itself so far. You're all good. Okay. In this folder, what I've done is I've put together um, some additional information that you're probably not going to look at during this process. I don't ask you to read it, but it's kind of divided up into the presentations that you're going to be hearing. So like the first one is kind of about the overview of the sacramental system, the sacraments of initiation, that kind of thing. So there's a little bit more information on that. So if you want to read more, like you read the catechism and you're like, oh, I wish, I, I wish they said more about you know, this or that, there may be something in here that's going to be an additional information. When we come to the person of Christ, I put some stuff in here like, did, did Jesus know he was God? You know, how did, you know, you know, those kinds of things. Questions you might ask that, um, that some additional information um, is present to you here. 
I say that you may not look at it now, but maybe later on in your faith journey, you may want some additional readings or whatever. So keep it on your shelf, put it in your, your uh, desk somewhere. It's a great place to keep any handouts that you're gonna receive through this process so that they don't end up in the backseat of your car crumpled up in, in the car wash uh, garbage can when you go to get your car wash. That's what happens to my stuff that I don't file away. And so, um, so that's kind of why you've got that folder. That's a little bit of additional information. Your catechism is to really, I wanna see, I wanna see it all crinkled up by the time we finish. I know that you're reading it, you're highlighting when you're reading. Um, you should see mine, it's falling apart at the spine. Um, and then the guide for sponsors. So I really want you to make sure that your sponsor gets this, um, this guide. Um, and it's just some really helpful information that they can kind of look at and say, gosh, you know, what is the church really calling me to? This is an office in the church, as I mentioned. And um, really, you should be praying for the person you're sponsoring on a daily basis that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are going to be stirred up in them. And then there's some other really good suggestions in here as well. So, um, so anyway, um, that's that. And I, I'm going to actually go into a little bit more detail as it relates to sponsorship in a second. Any questions, comments, concerns? Okay. All right. Well, let's um, let's talk a little bit. Yes, please. Um, there is a restroom straight down the hall on your right, so feel free. Um, looking for my clicker. So this is really going to focus on sponsorship and also kind of the process itself. And I think I probably talked a little bit about this already. What is sponsorship? Sponsorship really is an office in the church. And sponsors are, are called to be representatives of the church because the church can't sit next to you in the pew. Uh, we want to really appoint somebody who personally can be that person to answer questions for you, to look to you as a model, um, to be witnesses to the love of God and the church, but also to be a witness to your conversion process. And I count on the sponsor to really do that. I count on the sponsor to let me know, you know, they're really not getting it, or you know what, they love this. They are like into it, they're, they're really, you know, learning, they're changing, I see it in their eyes, I see it in, in their actions, and um, I'm really excited. So the conversion process is something real. Conversion means to turn towards the Lord. You're already doing that in being here. But in sin, we turn away from the Lord, and in the conversion process, we turn towards the Lord. This is not something that happens one and done, right? It happens throughout the course of our life. For your sponsors, this may be a reconversion opportunity for them. Um, because here they, they come to your process and they're like, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I really need to do that. Um, that's really great. Um, and so... So sometimes when you're called to teach or to be a model, sometimes you are converted as well. And that's what the Christian life is all about. Constant movement towards the Lord. Constant conversion process. And so all of us are called um, to, to be in this every single day. Somebody said to me once, if you're not moving towards the Lord, you're moving away from Him. And so where are you going in this moment? And it's not just on Sundays, right? It's every moment of our life. That's the issue that we have in our culture today. You know, we, we don't just want freedom of worship. We want freedom of religion. Freedom of worship means you get to do anything you want to do inside the walls of your church. But outside of that, I don't care what you believe. 
It shouldn't impact how you live. Well, that's not the gospel. The gospel says that everything that you should do, everything you do reflects what you believe. And, and our faith is, is a true and meaningful belief. And so is that being reflected? And so very important. Um, and this is really what a sponsor does. A sponsor is responsible to be a guide just with the whole of their life. Um, they should be living the faith. They should be practicing Catholics. They should be going to Mass. Um, they should be receiving confession on a regular basis. They should be a person of prayer. They should be doing some kind of service in their, in their church. They should be a Eucharistic minister, a lector. They should be you know, going to Bible study. They should be continuing on in their faith formation journey because that's what a practicing Catholic does. Um, so they should, they should be willing to share their faith, um, talk about their own conversion process. You know, what happened to make me want to live out my faith the way I live it out? Um, everybody's got a story, you know? Um, the saints, they're, they're beautiful witnesses to the story of conversion. Um, and all of us, by the way, are called to be saints. It's not just something that happens when you get to heaven. Because if you're not a saint at the time of your death, you're not going to heaven. Like, that's what we're judged on the whole of our life. Have we lived it well? Are we a friend of God? And if we are, woo, well done, good and faithful servant. Or a bit of tweaking in purgatory, that's okay. That still means you're there, right? Still means you're going to be there. We'll talk more about that as we go through. So sponsors should be models um, for faith. They should be open to, to continuing Christian education. They are just by a result of saying yes to this. And they should be living that out in their life. Very important. Solid faith life and a person of prayer. You know, the highest form of prayer for a Catholic is the Mass. And so we're really called to, to go to Mass. To miss Mass is a mortal sin. Nobody says that anymore. So if you miss Mass, you've committed a serious sin and you need to go to confession. Because that's what confession is for, is for mortal sins. And that's a serious sin because that's one of the things that God has asked us to do, to go to Mass. Um, and so... Um, this is important. So, um, so yeah, I think I solved the fact that people are going to say, so what do I have to confess? That's something we have to confess. You know? um, now, if we have a good reason for missing Mass, then it is not a moral sin. Um, but what's my reason? Cubs game? Astros game? NFL, you know, well, football just started. Mary, give me a break. We've got six Masses here at St. Michael. One's on Saturday night, one's on Sunday night, and four in between. So, you know, you can find a, something. To, to thank the Lord for everything he's given you. You guys are all sitting here. You are well-dressed, well-fed, and you probably have a good education. You've got a lot to be thankful for. You're walking, you're talking, you're breathing. You look good. Um, and so we should be thankful because everything we have, we have received. Everything we have, we have received. Um, so what a sponsor is not is a catechist. And when I say that, you know, now they may be a catechist. They may be a teacher of the faith. They may be a proclaimer of the faith, which is awesome, but they don't have to be. They just have to be a believing Catholic, right? Um, so they don't have to have a degree in theology. They just have to love the Lord, love the church, and be trying to work out their salvation in fear and trembling. Um, they should, though, be somebody that you're comfortable in going to to ask questions and um, get thoughts and, and, and talk about things about. You know, there may be some things in the Catholic faith that you struggle with, that maybe you're challenged by, some moral teachings, some, some practical teachings, like maybe what I just said about Mass, you know, what's the big deal, you know, and so 
that should be something you can go to your sponsor about and talk about. Certainly, you can come to me about it. But people are usually afraid to come to me about it. So, <laughs> so it's good if you can go to somebody that you know you're not afraid to go to, and you shouldn't be afraid to come to me. I'm really a teddy bear, but just come to me. So it's important that your sponsor is somebody who prays, who listens, who's respectful, who serves as a bridge, not a barrier to your your deepening faith. Um, and the sponsor too is 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 someone who allows the candidate to to freely choose their, your spirituality. You know, your sponsor may pray the rosary every day, but that doesn't mean you have to pray the rosary every day. It means you have to, you have to find the prayer that works for you. Maybe it's praying the scriptures. Maybe it's the Magnificat. Maybe it's, maybe it's the rosary. Maybe it's the Divine Mercy Chapel. Maybe it's daily mass. But you need to find your way um, to, to grow closer to the Lord. So here's our preparation process for the confirmande, and I'd like the sponsor to be aware about this. Um, you are, we are moving you towards the sacrament of confirmation, completion of your baptismal graces. And so um, for the most part, we're going to really be spending it in, in time of catechesis. What does it mean when I say catechesis? What does it mean to catechize somebody? What do you think? What does it mean to catechize? Some ideas. Yeah, teach, right? But you know what's beautiful about the word catechize? It means actually to echo down. And what's an echo? An echo is an exact replica of what was first given. And so in catechesis, we're not making stuff up as we go along, right? No, we're giving what Christ gave first to the apostles, the disciples, to sacred scripture. And so catechesis is an echoing down of what was first given to the Lord. And so a catechist is somebody who catechizes or has been catechized well. And so, um, so this period of, of catechesis is really to echo down what has first been given. And for some of you, as has been my experience in adult confirmation, you haven't heard any of this since second grade because that was the last sacrament you received. So your faith is a faith of a seven-year-old? I hope not. I hope you've continued to pray and grow. But some of us, it is. And I, I was one of those, you know, I mean, I, and that's why I, I just know, I know, and I, I've been doing this for 11 years, so having people come before me, I, I know, and that's okay. We're happy you're here. But, um, but this, is what, this is what we're called to. I also mentioned the Sacrament of Reconciliation. We're preparing you for that. We're moving you towards, you know, when you really recognize that you're a sinner, because all of us are, um, what you want to do is be forgiven. Like you want it, you want to do better. And so this should be a yearning by the time we get to confession, to go to confession, um, to just get it off your chest and have someone say, and that someone is the person of Christ, you have been absolved of all of your sins. Oof, sends chills through my spine just saying it. And that's really what we hear. What a beautiful thing. So it is a sacrament of healing of our souls and our hearts. Um, and then in the sacrament itself, when you receive confirmation, this is a communal declaration. You are saying, I believe everything that the Catholic Church teaches and professes to be true as revealed by God. That's what you're saying when you're confirmed. You are, you are claiming this faith for your own. You are receiving the grace of the Lord, which is an outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and now you are, this is no longer just my mom and dad's faith, this is my faith. And now I am called to be a witness to that faith in my life, in my conversations, in my, my work, my everything. I'm called to um, declare it. 
Um, and we'll talk about the graces of the sacrament. Um, but, you know, confirmation gives it all. You know, it's, it's the grace of the Holy Spirit. So it's, again, um, you know, it's the presence of God in you. Um, and it's a pouring out of the, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that reverse what original sin did. And original sin darkened our intellect, so made it difficult to know God and one another. It, it darkened our intellect and it weakened our will. So we can no longer choose the good easily. And we have an inclination to sin. That's the result of original sin. That's what original sin did. So, when, so we do that which we don't want to do and we don't do that which we should. That's what St. Paul said. That's our struggle. There's this tension always in our lives. You know, we want to do the right thing. I want to be nice to my mom, but she's driving me crazy and I'm going to be impatient. And I'm unkind and I'm not gentle and, you know, those kinds of things. You know, we all just struggle with being good, you know, even if it's in the little things. But we want to do better because we, the deepest desire of our hearts is to love well. And so, so um, that's part of the graces of the sacrament. And that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit do. They, 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 they reverse. So what are some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Anybody remember some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? So if they, they do the opposite of darkening the intellect, what's the opposite of darkening the intellect? So what are some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Or enlightenment? Enlightenment, so wisdom, knowledge, understanding, um, counsel. These are four things that undo what original sin did. And then it also strengthens the will. And so it gives us courage and fortitude, piety for the Lord, fear of the Lord. Um, and so those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We find them in Isaiah. Um, and we also find them um, spoken of in, in St. Paul's letters to the Galatians. And so we'll, we'll talk about those as we go. So, so that's, that, those are really the graces that, that are given to you um, in the sacrament. So when are we going to receive the sacrament of confirmation? I have no idea because the archdiocese just determines that. I know it'll be in January, um, but they tell me probably in a month and a half. I know it's not very helpful, but they're not very timely about this. They give us a couple of dates, and they'll give us a couple of different times. And then I will tell you what those are, and I will make first and second choices for us, and then um, you know they will, they will tell us where we're gonna, we're gonna go. Now sometimes they'll allow like each of you to discern where you wanna go, because you know maybe there's someplace closer to your home that confirmation is taking place, and, and I'm happy to do that if they give me that option. But I need to have all of your, your baptismal certificate. I need to have all that stuff, because that's what I register you with when I register you for confirmation. And so I need to have that. That's why I try to get it now from you, um, so that I, because I take everything off of there. Because your church of baptism is the church where all your sacraments are recorded. So you may be confirmed at St. Michael, but if you weren't baptized at St. Michael, it's not, it's not notated here. That's why I get your, your, your baptismal certificate back from your church of baptism, newly issued, to make sure that you know, your marriage notation is on there if you're married, your first Eucharist should be on there. Um, and if it's not, you really should contact where you received first Eucharist and say, you didn't notify my church of baptism that I received the Eucharist. And then they will notify them back. Um, the Eucharist is actually not a recordable sacrament, which is weird. I don't know why it's not. So some don't record it, but um, usually there's some kind of a notation. 
But if you tell me you received the sacrament of the Eucharist, I believe you. Um, you know, that's fine. If you're baptized Catholic, you know, you, you have access to the sacraments. And so I'm, unless you are not validly married, you're married civilly, then you've, we've got something we need to talk about. But that's why I also like the registration form because they asked you, have you ever been married? And if you're married as a Catholic, you're obligated to get married in the Catholic faith or else you're out of communion with the Catholic Church. And so, um, so you need to have that. And if you, it doesn't mean you can't prepare for confirmation. It doesn't mean you can't someday receive confirmation. But if you're in a civil marriage only, you need to get married in the church first and then you can receive additional sacraments. If you're, if you're baptized Catholic and you get married outside of the church, you shouldn't receive Eucharist anymore because you're out of communion with the church. And so, um, so, so, so many people don't know those things, and so we need to get people back in communion with the church, you know? Um, we're not being mean, we want you in. We want you in, we want you with us. Um, so this is, the, this is my goal for you, um, to really become um, more knowledgeable about your faith, to yearn for the sacrament of reconciliation, and then to receive um, the graces that the sacrament provides. Okay. How do I know you've been progress? You're progressing. This is how I know you're progressing. That you you're here on time, and you come to all the sessions. You're interested. Um, weekly mass. You know you need to be going to mass on Sundays. I mean I can't monitor that for you, but like you should be going to mass. Like why do you want to get confirmed if you're not going to mass? And Wednesday mass doesn't cover Sunday mass. So Sunday mass is our obligation. During the week it doesn't count. But it's good. You should go during the week. It's good. I love that. Um, but it's not a replacement. Um, you know, I, I also hope that you just make an effort to re-engage prayer if you're not already a person of prayer. You know, and what's that going to be for you? Is it going to be prayer before meals? Prayer before bedtime? Keep a Bible next to your bed and read a paragraph of any book in the Bible before you go to bed. And hear what God wants to say to you. It's so easy. That's a prayer. God, God is like yearning for, for his people to turn just a little bit towards him. You know, that whole story, the prodigal son, when, you know, the, 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 the younger son has run away and he begins to make his journey back home. What is the, the father sees him when he's still a far way off and he runs to the son. He doesn't just walk, he runs. That's what the Lord is like waiting for, for from us. Just a little bit of an opening, and he is going to go right in there. The devil's waiting, too, so you give him that opening, he'll go in, too. So, so try to make up a, a commitment to, how am I going to pray better, more? What am I going to do? Am I going to just stop in at church once a week and sit in front of the tabernacle? Let the Lord look at me, and I can look at him. Beautiful idea. Um, and then, you know, I want to know what you're struggling with. The church has a great reason for all of her teachings, but let me present it to you. If I don't know what it is, I can't even give you an opposing vision because the culture is not going to give you the Catholic Church's view of how to live your life well, right? If they do, they'll give you a very skewed portion. So let me tell you what the church teaches. So if there's something that we don't cover, I really would love to be able to dialogue with you about that. And so, um, so please, um, please let me know um, what that might be. Um, you know, I, I want you to be challenged. But I always tell people, you know, if there's a teaching that you're struggling with, never say, I don't believe that and I don't accept that. 
Never say that, because that's your closing off the door to the Holy Think about your own life. Even like something maybe you believed when you were in fifth or sixth grade, or maybe 15, 16, maybe 20, and how your views have changed from those times. You know, have you, have you changed? I'm radically different, you know, and I think, and if I had closed myself off, you know, and said, no, I can never believe that, that's ignorance, right? And so, um, so the church can work with, I'm open to what at least the church has to say, you know, and um, allow the Lord to, um, to work in you. Okay. Um, so sponsors, um, when you sign your form, um, it's important that the sponsor knows they must be in full communion with the Catholic Church, so fully initiated. If they're married, they're married in the, in the Catholic Church, and they're practicing their faith. Um, confirmation completes baptismal grace, and Eucharist completes um, Christian initiation. Things that you can do as a sponsor, pray daily for your confirmande. You can come to as many meetings as you want. You don't have to, but you can come to as many meetings as you want. Call them, encourage them to be going to confirmation class. Invite them to attend Mass with you if you know they struggle with going to Mass on Sundays, Saturday nights. Encourage them to ask questions about things that they're concerned about. Um, invite them to assist at ministry programs that you might be involved in. So again, they get ideas about what they might, how they might serve. Um, and then again, um, the whole deal with spirituality. Your spirituality is great for you, and so, but to invite them to try it is great, but don't think that they're bad because they don't adopt your part. And then trust in the Lord. Um, trust in the Lord. Okay? All right, does that all make sense? Does anybody have any questions about that? You the stuff that we're going to be doing. Okay, you want to take a little five-minute stretch break, go to the ladies' room, men's room if you need to, and uh, we're going to close with uh, the story of salvation history. And so if you need to take a stretch, go ahead and do that while I get set up, and we'll get started. Thank you. 